Hey there, future fans. This week, we roll around in the dirt, we have a bowl of noodles, and we learn that you are your own worst enemy. This is the week of March 22nd, 2019, and you are listening to episode 127 of Future Flicks with Billiam. everyone welcome to the show welcome this is episode 127 titled ramen hotels and us um as you go through the episode you will notice that this this is the laziest named episode yet which it didn't take me long you know this is just the third episode we're actually giving a name to and uh, I kind of, I kind of phoned this one in. Some of you may have seen if you follow me on Instagram that I'm uh, what has uh, come to be known as Reezing. Um, if you are familiar at all with, uh, with chef Carl Ruiz, and I'm even not sure that's the right pronunciation of his name because it's spelled R-U-I-Z, which traditionally is Ruiz. But anytime I've heard his name said on television, they say Ruiz. But anyway, why am I telling you this? Cause I'm getting nice and toasty and it's fun. We have some Jameson leftover from St. Patrick's day. I have a chelada, one of my new favorite drinks. This one is just from Modelo. It's a, it's a basic one. Uh, there's this other one I had recently that was a, a mango chilada, and it was it was great. And I, you know I understand it's not a drink for everyone. I, I get that just because of the clam juice in it. Uh, this one doesn't have clam juice. I don't think the mango one had clam juice, but traditionally it's a beer with a chili powder mixture and tomato tomato juice and clam juice maybe one day the chef will listen to this show but you know you know probably not he's a busy guy i'm just happy i got at least one of my friends to listen hey hey evan how you doing i heard you listened on the way to disneyland I, i am honored but if you're new you may be wondering what's going on who is this guy talking about drinking and mexican beverages and tv chefs and his friends at disneyland who is this guy well i am billiam and you are listening to future flicks with billiam on this show i do quite a few things we always start out with some random bs which you have already heard and then we go into a couple different categories the first is the news that's always the first segment and in that segment we talk about wait for it wait for it movie news and that's any new movie news that has caught my attention since the last episode and the same with the next segment which is a trailer trove in that segment i talk about any trailers i have noticed since the last episode and please keep in mind that i am not perfect despite what i tell you on the show i am not perfect no 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 i do seek your help at times if i ever miss a news story that you think i should have talked about if i miss a trailer that you think i should have talked about just let me know hit me up go hey billiam what's up you missed this and i'm going to do you a solid i'm like thank you for that solid i will talk about it on the next episode then we get into the movies which is broken up into two categories the first is the limited releases those are any movies that are coming out with a limited release and also not interesting enough to warrant me talking much about so in that case i give you the name of the movie i give you the premise 
and then I tell you who's in it, if anyone. And then we move on. We generally move on from there. Sometimes I will say a few words, but we generally save that for the next segment, which is the wide releases and interesting indies. And with that wonderfully named segment, you can kind of guess what I talk about. Yes, cars, cars and vehicles. No, no, no. I I, I talk about the wide release movies that are coming out. That's anything with a wide release, even if I think it looks good or not. It could look garbage, but I'll still talk about it because it's a wide release. Yay. And then any indie movie that I think is worth a look. Please keep in mind that this entire show is based only on trailers, sometimes off news I've learned or have read about, but mostly I just go off the trailers because that is how movies sell themselves, and if you can't do it through a good trailer, then you don't deserve to be seen, at least not right away. So in that segment, we go over the name of the movie, what it's about, who's in it, and that gives some thoughts on it, and then we wrap that all up with a score, which I call the Billiams Interest Level Score, aka the Bill Score. That score can go anywhere from a zero for those terrible films to an 11 for those movies that turn it up that extra notch. Then we wrap it all up with a question of the week, and then I send you along your way. So how do you listen to this show? You've done a good job already, so thank you for doing that. But there are other ways to listen to my sultry voice. You can find me on iTunes, SoundCloud, Stitcher, Google Play, and any podcast app, as well as the Somewhat Nerdy website. That is somewhatnerdy.com. You can also find me on the Somewhat Nerdy Facebook page. And you can also find the other great shows from the Somewhat Nerdy Podcast Network. Those are Nerds of the Squared Circle and the flagship show, Somewhat Nerdy Radio. So please listen to those other shows as well. For the full housekeeping, just stick around till the end and we'll go over that there. But for now, let us jump into the first segment, which as always is the news. This just in from Hollywood, the news. This first story comes to us from io9. Apparently someone from DC is pants on head retarded because they are trying to convince us that Wonder Woman 1984 is not a sequel. So according to producer Charles Roven, who also worked on Batman v Superman, Dawn of Justice, Wonder Woman, Justice League, and Suicide Squad, he said this film is not a sequel. He said Jenkins herself, Jenkins being Patty Jenkins, the director, herself would like to avoid any perception of the S word. She was just determined that this movie should be the next iteration of Wonder Woman, but not a sequel. And she's definitely delivering on that. It's a completely different time frame, and you'll get a sense of what Diana slash Wonder Woman had been doing in the intervening years. But it's a completely different story that we're telling even though it'll have a lot of the same emotional things, a lot of humor, a lot of brave action, tugs at the heartstrings as well. You know, thank you for those uh, for those words, Mr. Roven, but you, you know what else can do that? A f***ing sequel. Okay, so let's turn to Google and let us look up the word sequel in the dictionary. And I quote, a published broadcast or recorded work that continues a story or develops the theme of an earlier one. Also, something that takes place after or as a result of an earlier event. You mean this whole fucking movie? It's a sequel. Don't let you or Patty Jenkins get your hoity-toity panties in a bunch, okay? This is a sequel. I understand sometimes sequels get bad raps. Who gives a flying rat sh- You are doing your own thing. It's a sequel. Unless it's truly not a sequel and you're rebooting the series already, in which case you deserve a punch in the face. All of you do. 
So that story came to us from io9 and Wonder Woman 1984. If you remember, it had the release date pushed back to June 5th, 2020. You know, my, my actually one question so far is that Chris Pine is in this as Steven, uh, Steve Trevor. So that has to be flashbacks, right? It has to be flashbacks. But if you look at the screenshots uh, or of the uh, pictures of the movie so far, there's one of Chris Pine in a bunch of what might be Adidas gear, just a tracksuit walking around a mall. And he looks confused and out of place. So that makes me think that he's not a hallucination because that could have been another option that Wonder Woman was hallucinating. So it makes me think he's there somehow and that he also doesn't look super old. Well, ladies and gentlemen, let's move on to the next bit of comic book news. This from Deadline. You may have heard. You probably already know this. You know what I'm going to say. So say it with me. Disney has reinstated director James Gunn for Guardians of the Galaxy Volume 3. This being wonderful news, especially since the movie has been postponed because of that, because of the look for a new director. If you don't remember, it's a really a lot to go over again. But basically, James Gunn had said some, you know, some off-color things on Twitter years back. And he has since confessed to it and said, you know what, I, I'm sorry, I'm a different person now. And Disney was like, you get out of here. Though I, I've said before that I do understand why Disney did it. And I do, I, I do agree that it was the right even though they did renege on that, I, I believe it was the right choice because they had to make a stand saying that they will not tolerate any of this, even from one of their most beloved directors, and even considering it was an old tweet and he's basically a different person now. So now that all this time has passed and they brought him back, they're showing that, yes, we can take a stance, even at the detriment to our own work, to our own properties we will take this stance and then they also showed that they can make the right decision in backtracking and saying okay well we will bring him back we have reviewed the situation and maybe he's not a huge asshole but what's interesting is that reportedly disney had never looked for a replacement so despite these rumors that people were being uh, just talked to about directing the movie despite rumors that i too have reported on on this very show they never officially looked for another director so i'm wondering if this was a plan the whole time maybe they knew james gunn wanted to direct a dc movie or maybe uh, maybe that was just a plan they went hey do you have something else you can do because so, we're gonna do this just to show that we take a tough stance so even though we now have a director we still have no proposed release date in other news this from uprocks and i thought this was already well known but just in case it's one of those times where i'm wrong I go, oh i thought everyone knew this and people are like no we didn't know this the skywalker saga will be finished for good after star wars episode 9 so when the next movie comes out the skywalker saga will be done and when we do get more star wars movies because we are going to get more star wars movies as long as people go and see them that is what disney knows disney knows if they make movies people will see them so as long as you and I continue to put our ass in seats to watch these films, Disney is going to do another movie. So anything that's past episode nine is going to be not from the Skywalker saga. Will we see cameos from characters from this from the storyline? Will we get hints at it? Will there be Easter eggs? Of course they're going to be. But the stories will be brand new. Star Wars episode nine, which does not have a title yet, is set for release December 20th. 2019. All right, ladies and gentlemen, this next story comes to us from Digital Trends. 
I've been talking a lot about the Disney Plus service these past couple weeks because more news has been coming out. Disney Plus is, of course, a streaming service that Disney is going to be providing that all we know so far will be coming out later this year and that will be priced less than Netflix. That's all we know for sure. Oh, um, we also know that the full Disney library is going to be in it. And we also know that they are going to be producing Star Wars TV shows for this. As, as well as original movies. So unfortunately, it looks like Disney Plus is going to be yet another way to get money from us. And uh, yeah, I think they're going to get my money. I may have to look at all my other subscriptions and go, hey, what can I what can I cut down on? But I do want this one. So why did I bring this up? We know something else now. We know that a new, there's going to be a Marvel series coming to Disney Plus, and it's going to be based on the What If series of comics. So if you remember back in the day, there is a series of What If comics. My favorite one was What If Spider-Man Kept His Cosmic Powers. So it was all these different comics that would just look into one What If scenario and what could happen. I believe one of them was like, what if Eddie Brock got bit by the spider instead? But basically, there's a bunch of different ideas. And the cool thing is, it's not just the ideas that have already been done via comic book they can just do whatever the hell they want now this is an open book to play with characters that are already established and the cool thing is since these are all alternate universes if they get a different actor to play spider-man if they get a different actor to play any of these people we'll be like yeah okay fine all right ladies and gentlemen the next bit is a bit from a website called nme and they report that a stanley cameo has been confirmed for avengers endgame so here i thought that spider-man uh into the spider-verse or not, not into spider-verse that captain marvel was a final stanley cameo there apparently is going to be a cameo for avengers endgame and what better fitting final cameo is there than the final Avengers movie. At least a final Avengers movie with the current cast. I heard that the Stan Lee cameo in Captain Marvel will bring a tear to your eye, and I guarantee you this one will too. We will see more of this when Avengers Endgame comes out on April 26, 2019. The next story comes to us from Digital Spy. Not really news, just something I thought was cool. That even Eva Green, former Bond girl, doesn't think 007 should ever be played by a woman. She agrees with uh, Bond producer Barbara Broccoli that they shouldn't make a male character a woman. They should just make more awesome female characters. And so there we go. Bond 25 is set for release on April 8th, 2020, with the returning cast of Daniel Craig, Ray Fiennes, or Ralph Fiennes, I'm sorry, Ben Wishaw, Naomi Harris, adding to the cast Leia Seydoux, Rami Malek, and Rory Kinnear. And finally in the news, ladies and gentlemen, that is before I do my final look of the news to see that there's nothing big that happened today, we are getting our first Asian-led superhero movie from Marvel. Yay! Not only that, but it has found its director, and what's more is that the director is Asian, m mostly. Uh, Daniel, or Destin Daniel Cretton, believe is how you say it, is from Hawaii, and we count them. Yeah, the Asian community counts Hawaii. They count, even though they're Americans. I mean, look at the food they eat. That's Asian as shit. They're from the same lineage uh, as Samoa. That That's that's hella Asian. No set release date for this. Uh, I, I'm just wondering if they're scraping the bottom of the barrel for an Asian, a Asian comic book character. But here's my question. 
So there may not have been a huge Marvel character that was oh, that's already Asian. Um, I believe Shang-Chi is part of the new Avengers, unless the Avengers changed again when they re-rebooted everything. I, I don't know. I, I'm not caught up with that part. But does it matter that they kind of brought up this character who's not part of most people's realm of comic book knowledge? Or do we trust Marvel that much that they can pull a character that, that only comic book fans would know of, that they can pull a character out like that and still make a good movie? So does the fact that they're pulling this character from a little more obscure comics, does that matter? All right, looks like there are a few new stories. This one from a Hollywood reporter, uh, horror director John Carl Buechler, I believe is how you say it, died at the age of 66. He was known for movies like Hatchet. Uh, this next story from the playlist, Dennis Villanueva's Dune, starring starring Timothy Calumet, I'm, I'm still not sure how you say that, has officially begun filming and they have a confirmed cast, including Oscar Isaac, Jason Momoa, Rebecca Ferguson, Josh Brolin, Zendaya, Dave Bautista, Javier Bardem, Stellan Skarsgård, and Charlotte Rampling. So that is a pretty batch crazy cast. I like it. And you know what? I think I will trust Dennis Villanueva with this. I know Blade Runner 2049 was met with mixed reviews, uh, but a lot of people that I trust liked it. Uh, yeah, that's right. I do have to admit that I still haven't seen that. I am a terrible nerd. But he did do Sicario, which I really liked. And Arrival sure was a movie, though I did like the Arrival movie more than I did the story it was based on. So there's that. So I now believe that is it for the news. Let us jump into our next segment, which is everyone's favorite segment, the trailer trove. Avast and welcome to the trailer trove. All right, welcome to the Trove. We have a few good movies here. Let us start with the new trailer for Longshot. Longshot, of course, the romantic comedy starring, of all people, Charlize Theron and Seth Rogen. Also starring O'Shea Jackson Jr., Andy Serkis, Randall Park, and June Diane Raphael. Ravi Patel? Is that a name I know? Let's see, Ravi Patel. Oh, that guy. He's a character actor, so you, so you have seen him before. If you look him up, you go, oh yeah, that guy, I know him. Anyway, the new trailer did show us a lot of new scenes compared to the first trailer, and I think that just further shows me that this is a movie I'm going to want to watch. That it's not just a romantic comedy, it's a little more than that. Even though it is being billed as a straight-up comedy, there is the romantic the romantic angle between Seth Rogen and Charlize Theron, the fact that Charlize Theron's character is going to be running for president, and all of her people going, look, you can't date this guy. Look at him. He is not first husband material. And it looks like Seth Rogen's going to do his fair share of really good acting in this, because if you don't remember, Seth Rogen is a good actor, regardless of what you thought about Steve Jobs, uh, the movie, not the person, the one with Michael Fassbender, Kate Winslet, and, oh yeah, Seth Rogen. He can act, so it seems like we're going to get a little bit of what we expect from him in comedies, kind of you know, the laughing <laughs> kind of idiot guy, and a more complex character. I think this movie is going to be really enjoyable, and it's going on my short list for favorite movie of the year already. That's right. All right, next up, we have a, a period piece that I'm not sure we really needed. Though it does have an impressive cast, it has... Natalie Dormer, Mel Gibson, Sean Penn, and a bunch of British people. Uh, this is an interesting film. It, it's about the creation of the first Oxford English Dictionary in the mid-19th century. 
and how James Murray, played by Mel Gibson, enlisted the help of a madman named, let me see, Dr. William Chester Minor, who was in jail for murder. Actually, in an insane asylum, a criminal insane asylum for murder. And it's how they work together to create the first dictionary. Um, yeah, okay, sure. Maybe I'll watch it one day. I just wonder who sat back and went, you know, you know what movie we need? A movie about the creation of the first dictionary. Oh, well, anyway, that movie comes out. Wow, actually, there is no American release date. Uh, it was It's already been released in Croatia and Mexico. Uh, so anywhere between now and May 16th, when it gets released in the Netherlands, I think is when this comes out. Uh, but the next movie we have uh, to talk about is one I had no idea was even coming out. It's from IFC Films, and it's about three young women who were sentenced to death. And why were they sentenced to death? Because they're part of the Manson family and they committed murders for him. This is a movie about three of the girls who are or women who were sentenced to death and how some doctor decided they wanted she wanted to talk to them and like see if they could be rehabilitated. So this stars Hannah Murray from Game of Thrones, uh, Annabeth Gish from what would we know her from Nixon, Associate Bacon from 13 Reasons Why, Suki Waterhouse from Pride and Prejudice and Zombies. And playing Charles Manson is Matt Smith, who you can tell it's Matt Smith because he still kind of looks like him, but knacks nothing like it. He It looks really good. And it doesn't look like it's trying to play the art card too much. It just looks like this honest movie telling the story about the Manson family and then what came of them. This comes out May 17th, 2019. And before we end the trove, let's just talk more about that, that Avengers Endgame trailer and how much that affected the news. So many of the movie stories that are coming out are just people breaking down the trailer. And I think this last trailer that they did was a really good example of how to make a trailer because they included a lot of scenes from other movies, from Iron Man, from Captain America, from Thor and from the previous movie, and they put it all together in such a way that makes it really amazing that I can't wait to see this. Apparently some people had trouble with that very scene at the end where Thor is standing there calling his new weapon, and, and Captain Marvel's just standing there looking at him like he's trying to be all, all macho in front of her. But I don't think that's it. I think it was more of a test, like will she flinch? Because to, to Thor, strength is a big deal, and can she just stand there and stare him down as he calls for his weapon, and she does, and he goes, okay, yeah, I like her. I don't think there was any ill intent meant behind it at all. Uh, another thing that I noticed, that I, I think the wording that Tony uses in his message to Piper is very interesting. Because he says, I just wanted to pull out one last surprise. Like, I know I said no more surprises, I wanted to pull off one last one. So I think he's not going to be su the surprise. So he isn't going to do one more surprise. She is, by donning the, the rescue suit and going out there to save him. That's what I think. Either that or a Ravenger ship comes by and saves them. Either way, we know Tony gets back because of that new scene at the end when they're all walking in those those new suits. And um, let's see, who do we see? We see Captain America. We see Nebula. We see Ant-Man. We see Hawkeye. We see Rhodes, also known as War Machine. We see Tony. We see Black Widow because I guess guns are somehow going to stop Thanos. And since they showed us so many close-ups, are we obviously not just seeing Captain, uh, Captain Marvel walk with them? Because she, I don't think they were necessarily hiding it. I think they were just waiting until the end. So we would see the trailer, we would see the Avengers logo, and they'd go, okay, that was it. What? One more scene? Is that Captain Marvel? Yes, it is. 
you know, it'll be interesting to see what the news and the trailers focus on after Endgame comes out. I think that's when we'll start seeing a lot more of Star Wars because I think Disney's pumping this as their big one, as as a huge movie. Because even though Captain Marvel was a big deal, it's Avengers Endgame. This is huge. After this, I think we're going to start seeing more. We're going to see the first trailers for Star Wars. I wouldn't even be surprised if we saw the first Star Wars trailer at Avengers Endgame. So either way, after Avengers Endgame, we're going to start seeing the Star Wars trailer. And then after that, whatever the next big one from Disney is, because it seems like their trailers, their movies that we're hyped for are the ones that rule the Internet. Well, that is it for the first part of the show. Let us take a break and jump into our first break as we listen to a word from our friends at Somewhat Nerdy Radio. Please stay tuned. Imagine yourself on a journey with the Somewhat Nerdy Radio podcast crew as we travel through forgotten realms and far-off galaxies. Your captains, the sensational Snarf Chris and the cunning Critter, constantly face an element of danger. Welcome to the Somewhat Nerdy Radio podcast. The bright light in the podcast sphere. Download and subscribe Somewhat Nerdy Radio today on iTunes and SoundCloud or stream it at somewhatnerdy.com. Good journey, nerds. All right, and we're back. We are back with the limited releases, and we have we have more this week than than usual. This week is going back to more of a normal week where we we're not inundated with all these movies, and this week is actually even with the limited and wide releases. So I'm gonna go back to the way things were with the limited releases. I'm just gonna go through them, and you know we are gonna do a break, even though that makes two quick breaks back to back. Let's just go back to the way it was. You know why not? If anyone does have a problem with that, if you think that having the break in the middle of the wide release section was better, you know what? Let me know. But let's start with the first limited release called Sunset. A young girl grows up to become a strong and fearless woman in Budapest before World War I. This is a Hungarian movie. And you know, based on just the premise alone, it could be really cool, but it's just another case of a trailer that didn't do enough to sell itself. So I'm just kind of like, eh, I'll skip it. The next movie is called Maze. Inspired by the true events of the infamous 1983 prison breakout of the 38 IRA prisoners from HMP, which was to become the biggest prison escape in Europe since World War II. So I had to look this up. I did not know what HMP stood for, but it stands for Her Majesty's Prison. And if you don't remember, the IRA was and is the Irish Republican Army, which fought to bring about a unified Ireland, basically kicking Britain out, which is why Northern Ireland is part of Great Britain and the rest of Ireland isn't. And the reason I said was and is is because the IRA that exists today, at least according to the very little research I've just done, is a different group than it was back then in the 80s. Because I guess the group currently active is called the New IRA or NIRA. But if you grew up in the 80s and 90s, you probably, well, maybe if you grew up in the 80s, if you grew up in the 90s, you probably don't remember this, but you may have remembered stories about IRA attacks and bombings and things like that. Because the IRA used terrorist-like tactics to to bring about what they wanted as their goal as a unified Ireland. 
And please understand that I am just going over this basic understanding from my viewpoint on what happened. I'm not making a political stance one way or the other on them. But this movie could be interesting but just like Sunset, the trailer didn't do enough to wow me, but this could be something to go on your list if you want to watch a movie about this story. Next up, we have a movie called Mardko Dard Nahin Hota. And those words I just butchered are Hindi. This is a Hindi cinema film about Surya is a young boy with a rare condition called congenital insensitivity, meaning he can't feel pain. So he sets out to learn martial arts and hunts down muggers. So before you go, oh, maybe they're going to tell some sort of meaningful story about this kid with a disease. No, 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 no. This is going to be an action film. We have two movies left in the limited section. The next one is called Dragged Across Concrete. Two overzealous cops get suspended from the force and they decide to delve into the criminal underworld to get their proper compensation. This stars Mel Gibson from Braveheart, Vince Vaughn from Old School, Jennifer Carpenter from Dexter, Michael Jai White from The Dark Knight, Laurie Holden from The Walking Dead, Tori Kittles from True Detective, and Don Johnson of all people from Miami Vice. And all this really is, is a straight-to-video worthy Mel Gibson movie. It doesn't look terrible, but again, it doesn't look good. And because of that, the fact that it doesn't look good or bad means that it's eh, skippable. And the final movie in the limited section is called Trading Paint. Sam Monroe is a retired race car driver who manages his son, who's on a losing streak. His son then takes a deal with a rival, causing Sam Monroe to jump back into the driver's seat and compete against his own son. This stars John Travolta from Get Shorty, Michael Madsen from Kill Bill, country singer Shania Twain, and Kevin Dunn from Dave. Of all the basic, uninventive, straight-to-DVD-worthy ideas, this takes the cake for one of the worst I've seen in a while. So this retired race car driver, instead of getting a different job, I don't know, after his kid leaves, decides, you know what, I'll, I'll start racing again. That's That sounds good. And then I'll go up against my own kid. You know what, if you love yourself some NASCAR and some uh, stock car racing, then, then maybe this is for you. But for the rest of us, 100% skip it. It doesn't look interesting. And to be fair, John Travolta doesn't look bad in this. Not at all. But it's just skippable. There's nothing about this that says go see it. Well, ladies and gentlemen, that is it for the first part of the movies. Let us take that break. See, I said it'd be quick to hear a word from our friends at the Nerds of the Squared Circle, and then we'll be right back with the wide releases and interesting indies. Please stay tuned. Nerds of the Squared Circle on SomewhatNerdy.com Nerds of the Squared Circle on SomewhatNerdy.com Nerds of the Squared Circle on SomewhatNerdy.com Hi, I'm Sam Jericho of SomewhatNerdy.com's Nerds of the Squared Circle. Join me... Snarf Chris and the dude with the headband. We talk about wrestling and more wrestling. Do you like wrestling? Yeah! Then you should listen to our podcast. Do you not like wrestling? You should still listen to our podcast. Someone to read a comms, Nerds of the Squared Circle. Subscribe to us on iTunes or your favorite podcast app today. Nerds of the Squared Circle on SomewhatNerdy.com. And we're back with the wide releases and interesting indies. First up, we have a film called The Dirt. This is a story of how Motley Crue came to be one of the most notorious rock and roll groups in history. This stars Ewan Rion, I still think I'm butchering his name, from Game of Thrones, Machine Gun Kelly from Bird Box, Douglas Booth from Pride and Prejudice and Zombies, Daniel Weber from 112263, and Pete Davidson from Saturday Night Live. 
I'll be honest, this movie doesn't look wonderful. The only reason it made the cut into the wide releases and interesting indies is because it's a Netflix film, which means the minute Friday hits, you can watch this. And there are a lot of Motley Crue fans out there. I I was never one of them. I mean, don't get me wrong. I love a bunch of their songs like Shout at the Devil, Looks a Kill, uh, Wild Side, Dr. Feelgood, um, Girls, 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 Kickstart My Heart. But they were never one of those bands that when I heard them, I'm like, oh yeah, turn it up, here we go. I mean, I, I never thought they were bad per se, not at all. And why am I mentioning this? For, for one very specific reason. Because this movie is for fans of Motley Crue. 100% for the fans of Motley Crue. Maybe the odd movie lover who hasn't, who isn't familiar with Motley Crue or maybe doesn't like them that much, maybe they will get enjoyment out of this film too as a movie. But for the most part, this is a movie for fans. It doesn't look bad. It doesn't look great. And for the most part, you're going to just watch how the band was formed and their struggle with the fact that most of them seem like gigantic assholes. But hey, if you are a fan of Motley Crue, check this out. This comes out this week on Netflix and you can watch it anytime you want. The Dirt, in my opinion, as a non-fan, gets a 5.5 out of 11. Next up this week, we have a film called El Chicano. A pair of twin brothers from East L.A. choose to live their lives differently and end up on different sides of the law. One is a cop who tries his best to protect the streets, and the other is a vigilante who takes matters into his own hands and hunts the gang members who infest their neighborhood. This stars Raul Castillo from Atypical and David Castaneda from The Umbrella Academy. So this is another movie that almost didn't make it into this section. It just barely squeaked by. But in this case, the reason isn't that it's a Netflix movie. This just looks interesting. We have this story of these two people who live in a very dangerous area. I mean, at least in my lifetime, East L.A. has never been a particularly warm and cuddly place to live. But we have these two people in this movie who want to take a stance and do so in drastically different ways. One of them obviously became a cop and the other went the illegal route and is more of a Batman-type character. But we don't live in comic book world where it's okay to be a vigilante, where a lot of the times they leave Batman alone. No, they're going to go after this guy because he is murdering people. True, it's gang members who probably deserve it anyway, but he's still murdering people. So this movie, while completely skippable, does look like the type of film that if you stumble across it one day, uh, why not? Check it out. I really don't have much more to say besides that. I mean, I like Raul Castillo and David Castaneda. I think they're good. So at least we have a cast that does good work. So there we go. That's another that's another positive for this movie. El Chicano gets a six out of 11. Next up, we have a film called Ramen Shop. Masato's father, a ramen chef, dies. And when he's looking through his stuff, he learns about a grandmother he's never met. He travels to Singapore to uncover his family's past and learns how to make the delicious meals his mother used to make. This is a film from Japan and Singapore. And this this movie does look good. And it looks like it's going to make you hungry. Uh, Anne just said if if we're going to watch it and eat ramen. And yes, you know, yes, we are. Because that is what we do. We do themed nights. We, We watched a sake documentary recently and drank sake. Like I've mentioned before, we watched the bourbon documentary and drank bourbon. I've been searching high and low for a vodka documentary. Can't find one of those. But, you know, this this seems like another movie to put on that list. One day soon, we're going to watch Jiro Dreams of Sushi and eat sushi. 
Watch the Thank You Sweetheart. Watch The Founder and Eat McDonald's. Watch Supersize Me and Eat McDonald's. No? Okay, I thought I'd try. A ramen shop looks really good. It does for, for multiple reasons. Like besides the cooking angle, which looks just interesting and makes you want food. We have the story of this young man who is searching for his family. And his he had this father who's very strict and he, he that he never really felt close to. But now he learns that he may have other families. So he goes in search of that family. And then he learns more about his family while cooking the foods that his family learned how to make. So this looks like a good movie and one I really want to see. It's still not the pick of the week because I think there's two more things that look better coming out. But just because there are two other things that look better doesn't mean that this doesn't look good. Ramen Shop gets a 7.5 out of 11. All right, folks, we have two movies left this week. So let's just keep going with the next one called Hotel Mumbai. This is based on the true story of the Taj Hotel terrorist attacks in Mumbai. Hotel staff risked their lives to keep everyone safe as people made unthinkable sacrifices to protect themselves and their families. This stars Dev Patel from Chappie, Army Hammer from The Man from Uncle, Nazanin Boniadi from Homeland, Anupam Kerr from The Big Sick, and Jason Isaacs from The Patriot. I feel bad when I say something like this, but... Even though this is based on a true story and people did die, this was a true tragedy, you can still put a movie like this and lump it in with other films that that tell similar stories of other people that have survived terrorist attacks, that survived natural disasters, just anything, like any true story where, where people rally together because it's the same type of movie. And by saying that, I don't mean to take away from what everyone went through, but it's still a formulaic movie. And the question is, do you like these type of films? Because there are there are quite a few reasons you'd want to see this. But I think the main ones are that A, you like this type of film. B, you really want to see something based on this story because either you remember it or you just find it interesting. Or C, you just think it's going to be good. You look at that cast, this good cast, and can't help but think that's going to be a good movie. Uh, this does look entertaining. It really does. And it was close to being the pick of the week. But the only reason it didn't become the pick of the week is because the movie that's, that I'm going to talk about next that you probably should already know what it is because it's coming out. And I want to see that a lot more. And I know I know it's obvious that just because a movie isn't my pick of the week doesn't mean it's a bad movie. But I, I just feel like I have to say that that just because I didn't pick this film doesn't make it good. And this looks like it's going to be very entertaining. And not entertaining in a fun way, but just very intense, very tragic, very emotional. Dev Patel's character just had a baby. I bet you he's going to die. Either he's going to die and thus is going to be tragic or someone is going to sacrifice themselves for him because they know he has a new kid. Whenever there's a movie and death is going to be a constant in it, a movie or TV show, and someone has a new kid, you know they're going to die. Either that or they're going to be involved in something that takes out someone else. So I think this movie is going to be really deep, really intense, and not for everyone. But if you want to see something like this, I think this is going to be a good pick. Hotel Mumbai gets an 8 out of 11. And finally, we have our pick of the week, and let's just talk about it. Let's talk about us. Do you see why I wasn't that clever with the with the naming of this episode? Anyway, a family serenity turns into chaos when a group of doppelgangers begin to terrorize them. This stars Lupita Nyong'o from Black Panther, Winston Duke from Black Panther, and Elizabeth Moss from Black Panther. No, Elizabeth Moss from The Handmaid's Tale. And yes, this is the new movie that's coming to us from writer-director Jordan Peele, 
who brought us the smash hit Get Out, who's directing, I'm pretty sure he's directing the new Twilight Zone. Either he's directing it or he's just hosting it. Okay, so he's the host and producer. And he's also a producer on the new Candyman movie. So anyway, this is coming to us from a writer-director who a lot of us already like. And this is the next movie in his horror thriller series that, I mean, they're not connected in any way except for the fact that he's directing it. But these are movies that he says he's based off his fears growing up as a as a black man. Get Out, of course, was about the fact that a black man could just up and disappear and no one would give a shit. Like, how many people have, have, did they do that to in that movie? And there was a little bit of a search, but then they gave up. So we can take guesses on what us is going to be about, what, what that fear is. Maybe it's the um, internal struggle or kind of a we are our own worst enemy. But whatever it is, this this film looks good and it looks freaky and it looks like a psychological thriller because I, I still don't want to classify Get Out and this one as a horror. Because if you've been listening for a while, you know why that a horror is a specific type of thriller that focuses on fear. And I think Get Out was a was a combination of fear and suspense. And I think this movie is going to be the same. It's just going to be called a horror because, you know, we like to put things in categories and we don't always do it the correct way. Or maybe I'm just too nitpicky. You know, it's it's probably that one. But if you've been watching the trailers for this movie as the trailers came out, it looks really good. It looks freaky. It looks it's well acted and a very interesting idea. And this film is going to be yet another example of how when some pompous douchebag starts crying that there's no original ideas left in Hollywood, you can point to this movie and tell him to shut the f*** up. And just say, you know, listen to me, you dirty man bun hipster. Movies like this exist. Shut the f*** up. And you know what? Maybe I'm tired. Maybe I've had too much to drink, but I, I really don't know what else to say at this point. This is a movie I've been excited for since it came out. And whoever was behind the trailers for us did a really good job. Because I don't think they gave away anything. Uh, I don't think I've seen this movie before. They just showed us enough to whet our appetites, to get us interested and get our butts in the seats. Maybe they showed part of the ending. You know, like, remember when the when the trailer for Quarantine came out and you saw the ending in the trailer? Maybe they did it with us, too, but we just don't know it. I don't know. All I know is that I don't think they did enough to spoil the movie, and so it didn't do anything to reduce my my need to see it. This looks good. The trailers look good. The actors look good. Everything looks good. This seems like it's going to be another hit for Jordan Peele. He said he has a total of four ideas, so we're halfway through with this one, and I can't wait for the others. Us gets a 10 out of 11. All right, so let's jump into our final break. See, I told you I would remember this week. And let us hear our final word from our friends at the Watch Your Mouth podcast, and then we'll talk about the question of the week. There are several ways to raise money for a good cause. Some do it by running marathons. Some host high-dollar dinners. And some just do it by clever internetting. We here at the Watch Your Mouth podcast employ a different approach. Wall-to-wall filthy f***ing language. Go to a grocery store, I'm like, I know exactly what I need. I get in there, I'm like, Yeah, <laughs> the f*** yeah. did I even come here for? With our charity swear jar, every f***ed up utterance from our unfettered gobs is a dime in the right direction. The motherfucker's a mouth breather. Gaming, movies, life musings, it's all here. Served on a bed of f***s and garnished with a crown of Shut the f*** up! How the f*** did we get here? F*** all that a jelly bean! So if you want to hear us do good things with bad words, check out the Watch Your Mouth podcast on iTunes. SoundCloud, Facebook, or online at WIMPodcast.com. And remember, swearing is caring, so watch your mouth.
right, welcome back. We do have the question of the week to talk about, but we do have a couple of other comments that we've got on the show, so I'll go into those first. Uh, the first one we got was from Frat Matt, who said, Wild Wild West was sort of a steampunk. Or sort of steampunk, I mean. And yeah, that is a really good point. I completely forgot about that movie. And I commented that back when, Will Smith always did the soundtrack to his movies. And I do remember when Wild Wild West came out, and some people were upset that they were changing, changing around so much. And... To our credit back then, the fact that they're turning the main character black wasn't one of those problems. So good for us. Either we were less racist back then, or um, the internet wasn't too big of a thing, so just no one talked about it. I don't know. Whatever. And Brian Q, he says, not a genre, but I would like to see a can't hardly wait epilogue. So here's my question for you now. In this epilogue, is it like directly after the movie or is this years later and they're all sad adults? I, I just want to see what, what where you are going with that. And back to Wild Wild West really quick. Um, some of you may not have known Wild Wild West was a TV series back in the 60s. It lasted for one, two, three, five years and starred Robert Conrad. And what I didn't know is that it was directed by Barry Sonnefeld. Uh, who did the Adams Family, Adams Family Values, Get Shorty, Men in Black, Wild Wild, well, Wild Wild West, of course, uh, the other Men in Black movies, and directed a couple episodes of a series of Unfortunate Events, and is a producer on the new Men in Black. So, yeah, that was pretty cool. And I also didn't know that Kenneth Branagh was the one who played Dr. Arliss Loveless. So that's pretty cool there. So... That's just me going down the IMDb rabbit hole. So once again, the question of the week was what two genres would you like to see combined into one movie? And it could be something we see a lot of and it's just your favorite, or it could be something we've never seen before. That part didn't matter. I just wanted your answer. And Brian Q says Retro Future. Previously, he had recommended a movie called Cash Earn to me. And then he says Retro Future is also my answer to the question about genre mashups. And I'm wondering, in your opinion, would you consider something like Blade Runner Retro Future? After a quick look through IMDb, they, someone, I don't know who this person is, made a list of what they believe Retro Future movies are. And they have Blade Runner, Brazil, great Terry Gilliam movie if you haven't seen it, uh, Demolition Man, Sequest 2032. Okay, first of all, not a movie, but I'm not sure about that. Fahrenheit 451, Escape from New York. And whether or not these are actually something... Brian Q, you would consider retro future movies. I still think that's a really cool idea just because I think all movies like that in that genre would be super stylized too and kind of have this pulpy feel about them. So yeah, I'd like to see more of those as well. And that's all all the answers we got outside of the household. So let's turn inside of the household and Anne says horror and musicals. Dr. Horrible kind of did this, so why not? Imagine the sequel to Behind the Mask, but Leslie singing about his fitness troubles instead of stating them. Behind the Mask, if you haven't seen it, a wonderful horror movie. Um, I, I wouldn't call it a straight-up horror. It's more of a mockumentary horror. So definitely something worth checking out. But yeah, a horror musical would be pretty cool. And just have it be a straight-up musical too. Not just like, oh, we got this band who's kind of horror-themed and we're going to just throw them into this movie. No, let's, let's, let's actually have a musical. And for me, I have a couple things I'd really like. I would like to see an actual sci-fi fantasy. And no, 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 not how people in uh, in libraries and in stores and stuff are just lazy a-holes about it and put sci-fi and fantasy right next to each other and call it one genre. No, f*** that. I want to see an actual science fiction fantasy. And I'm, I googled it. I'm looking through a list of them, and none of them are actual sci-fi fantasy movies. Uh, the closest thing I saw on here 
was um okay there are a couple that seemed like they could be fifth element kind of just because there is a magical feel to the powers they used with the statues at the end ghostbusters kind of i guess maybe even though they explain it all with science the fact that they're ghosts kind of but that's really stretching it. But one that I see that I actually kind of agree with is Star Wars, just because there's a lot of sciency tech stuff in there, but also there's the Force, which is magic. But I would like to see a sci-fi fantasy movie. Let's turn the Pierce Anthony Split Infinity series into a TV show or a movie, because that'd be great. If you've never heard about it, Split Infinity is about this guy who one day travel, who lives in this in this kind of like futuristic tech world, and one day he travels to this fantasy world and he finds out he can do that because he had a because everyone in each world has someone that looks like them there's a version of you in the science fiction world there's a version of you in the fantasy world and the fantasy self died so he gets to jump through worlds so that would be the the more realistic answer i think but uh, like i said before my favorite book genre is urban fantasy so i would love to see an urban fantasy thriller as well so something that takes place in our world with fantasy elements in it kind of like bright bright is a great example of a modern urban fantasy movie that is actually a wonderful example the more i think about it because i talk about how i love the dresden files my favorite series of books ever and bright does a great job of of that urban fantasy feeling oh thank you so true blood is also urban fantasy um oh oh what's that series uh, that was turned into a movie but the rest of the series was canceled that was turned into a, a tv show we have some of the books cassandra claire mortal instruments there we go mortal instruments is another example So there are examples out there, but I would like to see more of them and then also have turned one of them into a thriller. I think that'd be pretty badass. So we need a question for next week and let's see how lazy I can be. Pretty lazy. Here we go. So us and Get Out are supposed to be based off Jordan Peele's fears, but specific fears about him growing up as a black man in America. So here's my question that's not nearly as deep. If your biggest fear was turned into a movie, what would it be about? And you know what? Let's try and keep this lighthearted. Let's go with standard fears. Not that, oh, my whole family's going to die and they're going to be slaughtered in front of me and I can't help. No, let's not get that dark, please. Let, let's let's talk about spiders, clowns, heights. And also, if a movie already exists that captures your fear perfectly, what is it? So it's kind of a two for question. So first, if a movie was based on one of your biggest fears, what would it be? And then if a movie already exists about that fear, what is it? All right, ladies and gentlemen, that is it for this week. Let us wrap up episode 127, which I think I may rename at this point. So if when in the intro, when I when I said the episode name and it's different from what you see, that's why. Because maybe I thought, oh, maybe we'll change it. I don't know. But otherwise, you can find me on iTunes, SoundCloud, Stitcher, Google Play, and any podcast app, as well as the Somewhat Nerdy website. That is somewhatnerdy.com. I'd really appreciate it if you take a few minutes out of your day to give the podcast a rating. I would love five stars, please. And then share the podcast. Tell your friends, help us grow. And then leave a comment. You can answer the question of the week. Ask me a random movie question. Suggest a movie for me or just say, what's up? How do you reach me? That is a great question. Leave a comment for me on the Somewhat Nerdy website or Facebook page. Leave a comment on SoundCloud. You can hit me up on Twitter and Instagram at BilliamSWN. As you can see, I've been trying to get better about Twitter and Instagram. Mainly me just retweeting stories I see on uh, on Flipboard. But hey, it's something, right? Yay. You can also email me at BilliamReviews at gmail.com. Please support us on Patreon. You can find a link in the show notes and on the Somewhat Nerdy website. 
And be sure to check out the Somewhat Nerdy Radio and Nerds of the Squared Circle also on the Somewhat Nerdy Podcast Network. Don't forget to check out the Watch Your Mouth Podcast, great friends of the show. Also, check out the Somewhat Nerdy website for all of our latest blogs and news. Keep up with my book blog that I'm a week behind on, but I promise I'll get better with. And finally, my dear friends, my dear, dear listeners, my future fans, please remember that no matter where life takes you, no matter what your week has in store, just take some time to catch a flick. I'm Billion from Somewhat Nerdy signing off, and I'll see you in the future. <laughs>